Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have my good friend, Juan Vargas. Juan, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Hey, Gary. First of all, thank you for the opportunity to be on your on your show. I certainly appreciate it. You know, your show is one of the best ones out there, so definitely do appreciate the opportunity. Juan Vargas, based out of Houston, Texas, you know, been involved in multifamily since 2016, you know, focusing on BNT multifamily for the most part, although we're looking at some of the, the newer product here lately, but, you know, focusing on, on the markets in, in Texas, specifically Houston and Austin. Yeah, and that, that's what I want to talk to you about today, because I know you, you've got a couple of different markets. You actually also invested in, in, in Phoenix. And so investment strategy, you know, what are the most important factors that you're looking for in an opportunity? Yeah, yeah. So when I first got started, I, I sort of was more eager to get into different opportunities, right? And, and it could be, you know, one in Dallas, which we have one, right? It could be one in Phoenix, which we have one. And so you're kind of spread out a little bit, right? And, you know, it's good because you're buying a deal. But then if you're thinking it from a long-term standpoint, it's always best to have them a little bit more centered, a little bit more together. And so sort of has shifted the focus to doing so and, you know, been focusing on Houston and Austin. Austin is you know, only a couple hour drive. So just focusing on those two markets, you know, as I mentioned, B and C, uh, multifamily, you know, really trying to push away from the C product, you know, sticking with B and some of the, the A class deals as well, you know, call it 2010 and, and newer. And, you know, a lot of those, although they're, they're newer, they're still like value-add opportunities, right? From an interior standpoint, you can renovate those properties and, and be up to date with some of their the brand new construction deals. But yeah, you know, looking for those type of opportunities, you know, try to stick with 150 units and, and above and, you know, deals where we can really improve, you know, year one, year two, you know, NOI, and, and as a result, have a, a higher cap rate by year two, you know? Nice. And so how much, you know, on a percentage-wise of NOI, what are you trying to push on the first year? Is it, you know, 5%, 10%? Is there a certain number that you're looking to achieve? Yeah, th- there's not really a certain number because every deal is different, right? And some are going to be more, there's going to be more opportunity for someone than others. But certainly, you know, say we're buying a deal at a four cap at the end of year one, ideally, you know, you'd like to, to increase it, you know, 50 basis points, right? You know, you're at four, four, five, right? And by year two, at five, right? And the market stays the same or even compresses further, I mean, you have a deal that's performing at a five cap and, you know, you could sell it at three and a half or something like that, right? So, you know, that's a general rule of thumb that we use. I mean, we always want to have that the outside. And generally, that's going to be through value-add opportunities. Some of the newer deals that we're looking at are newer construction, like literally like 2020, 2021 or deals that are still in lease-up. And so those, there's still opportunity because of, you know, what's going on with the rental market, right? Rent growth has been, you know, crazy 
to say the least. And and so you could buy one of these deals and and you know there's very minimal work that needs to be done, if any, right? And so you're naturally just taking advantage of the market and, and really pushing on that. So yeah, you'll get a, a good buy, you know, you'll you'll see it, you know, year one, year two, you know, and how it stabilizes and, and, and where you're at that point. So you mentioned you're focused on Houston and Austin, two very hot markets, two very different markets. And it's funny. So, uh, you know, I've invested in, in Phoenix and, and, you know, I hear people, you know, say, oh, that's overheated. And and then when I look at Austin and people talk about overheated, I'm like, well, that doesn't look that bad where I could buy A class for 200 to door, under 200 to door, where I'm getting C class in Phoenix. What's your thesis on those two markets and not DFW? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we do own a deal in, in DFW and I really like DFW, but the challenge with DFW is sort of like Austin, you know, and I'll tell you why we're not, we want to be in Austin and we already are in Austin, but why we want to continue to be in Austin. Well, DFW is a little bit different, right? I think it's a large market, first of all, right? I think that, you know, this is only my assumptions. You know, this is not like data that's out there or anything. My assumptions are that, you know, it's a market where, you know, there's a lot of capital going into that market, chasing, you know, risk adjusted returns you know, more for long-term, you know, capital preservation, you know, because everything there is like, you know, four cap or, or lower. And so, you know, you're not really getting the crazy bumps, you know, and revenue that you were getting a couple of years ago, right? Maybe even last year. Yes, you're still having rent growth, but, you know, you're having taxes, you know, increase like crazy insurance. So at the end of the day, your NOI is, is not that much of, you know, improving. And so, you know, that's that's why I see Dallas forward as more of a market where capital is going into the market to, for, for long-term, right? And then, you know, for us specifically, you know, you're right. You know, you can buy some of these class A deals, you know, at 200. I don't know if you could find anything at 200 anymore because some of the B and C class are, are at 200 and if not more now. And so, yeah, the, the class A product is, is pushing, you know, 250, even higher than that. There are some that are pushing 300 and, and higher. So the thing about Austin is that, you know, there's still some good opportunities to find, you know, some of the, I guess, properties that have been owned for a while, for a long time. And you can really go in there and you're having you know, crazy rent growth, similar to Phoenix. And so you have the, the right fundamentals. A lot of the, the jobs that have been announced, I mean, they simply have been announced and they're not even there yet, right? So, you know, we're having crazy occupancy levels as well. And, you know, that obviously is going to drive the rental growth as well. Houston is a different market, you know, obviously versus Austin. Austin's a little bit more, more tech, you know, centered land and housing is, is way up there. So it just kind of pushes people naturally to be renters. You know, Houston's a more affordable market, but Houston is a market where you can find, you know, class A deals for high 100s, low 200s, right? Class A deals that are in, in a great part of town, right? You know, I think Houston overall has had like a little bit of a negative, you know, thoughts, you know, around the market, around, you know, just in general around the market, um, you know, because of flooding, because of oil and gas, you know, centered, you know, many different reasons. But it's much more than oil and gas, right? Like the economy is so much more robust. And so, you know, when people look at that, they, they're surprised when they see the actual economy numbers, right? And then uh, for flooding, you know, it's, it's, there's very small pockets that, that'll flood. So you just got to make sure that you don't buy in those areas, right? Overall, you know, Houston and Austin are having, you know, population growth, rent growth. You know, they're the business-friendly, you know, markets. And so that's what you want to see, right? They're local and you can really grow in, in these markets. So you know, another reason why we're sort of shifting a little bit to the class A market is the cap rates are very similar to, you know, from, you know, B and, and A, there's not too much of a difference or too much of a gap. But, you know, if, if there's a softening in the market and things, you know, the cap rates start going up, in my opinion, class A is going to stay tighter versus, you know, the B and C, I mean, they're going to have a little bit of a swing up. And so, you know, class A to me has, you know, there's less risk in it, you know, in my opinion, right, you know, at this point in the market. So yeah, that's the markets that we're in. And, 
you know, we own in Phoenix as well, but you know, we'll we'll be selling and, and likely getting out of the market. With a massive profit, <laughs> I might add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our investors will be, you know, they'll certainly be happy once we we exit the deal. But yeah, you know, that was a property that we took on and, and it had its challenges. And it still has challenges, you know, till today. But yeah, we're excited that we're able to really improve the, the property, the, you know, operations and the numbers. I mean, most importantly, right? So, yeah. 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 I mean, what, what property you don't have struggles, even on a, on a B or A class, you, you know, it's great when everything runs perfectly, but, but you can never count on that. You can never count on that. Yeah, you're right. And there's always surprises, right? Sometimes they're good surprises and, and you know, it's like you'll take them and sometimes they're, they're tough surprises, but, you know, you just got to navigate around it and, you know, find a solution, right? That's all you can do. Yeah. This is a perfect segue into my next question, which is what is some of the biggest asset management struggles you've had to face? Yeah, the, the struggles, I mean, I would say communication sometimes has been been challenging, right? You know, systems, you know, this is prior, right? Today, we, we definitely cleaned that up. But a lot of the, the communication, you know, the systems, you know, simple stuff, right? Like like emails, right? You have a ton of emails and there's all these different attachments and all these different people that are CC'd and, and it's it just, it just a messy business, right? So since then, we've actually, you know, switched to different you know, softwares. Like, like we use Teams, right? And that's like our like platform that we use. And, and we even had the property managers, you know, share files through there and everything's all in one system and, you know, just dropped into... The proper place, so you know, I would say that, and it makes the communication so much easier, right? And and then it makes organization being organized and knowing, it, you know, be more efficient. It makes it so much simpler. So yeah, we definitely have have cleaned that up quite a bit from yeah, the I early days. <laughs> yeah, I think communication could be the source of many issues for all aspects of your life. For you know, from the time you were a little kid to you know to the time you die, it's those how you communicate is is just so important. Yes, how you communicate, you're 100% right. I mean, another example to that that I, I would like to add is, is, you know, having the proper communication with your team. If you're the only asset manager, well, you know, you, you got to make sure you're on top of things, right? But but if you have multiple people, then, you know, communicating properly, you know, with each other. But also one thing that I would add in addition to that is, you know, for our deals, we have multiple you know, partners. And so we'll have you know, two or three guys that are on, on the asset management team. But you got to make sure that you have, you know, a specific person that's assigned to a specific duty or task or roles, right? Because then if you're getting, you know, communication from the team, from the outside team, you know, it, it'll just sit there, right? Like who's going to pick up that question? Who's going to respond? Who's going to, you know, give them the information that they need? Well, you have certain people that are assigned. And if you don't have those those certain roles, you know, lined up from the very beginning, it becomes challenging. I say that because I've been a part of, you know, teams like that. And, you know, you know, you just got to, you got to raise your hand and pick up the slack, you know, every time because other guys are not willing to do so. That certainly has been challenging in the past. Let's talk about some one of your biggest wins in the last six months in a year, because we all have struggles. We all have some really big wins. So maybe talk about one of your an asset management win in the last six, 12 months. Yeah, it sort of ties into what I mentioned, having the systems in place, right? Really keeping track of your KPIs, right? At the beginning, we were keeping track, but we weren't like keeping track of, of all the little details, right? How many leases we had, what was the traffic like? Like all these details like that, we can... Really, you know, stay ahead of the curve, right? If, if there's there's a couple of months that, that or a couple of weeks that come up that are much lower, then you can already see that you know things may change if you don't act upon it at that time, right? So I think it's it's important that you keep track of that, you know, on a weekly basis. You know, we always try to have our calls with our team, with our onsite team on Tuesdays, right? And so you know what that does is you know you talk about and you go over financials over the prior week, right? Which ended on on, on Saturday. 
And so Monday they get the report, they're able to put it together. And then Tuesday you have the call. So everything's still fresh, right? And you can really tackle, you know, any obstacles that, that you see coming here here soon, right? So I would say that, you know, really keeping a close eye and keeping track of those numbers is, is very important. Excellent. Excellent. We like to ask this question of all of our guests is the last question. What is your asset management superpower? Oh man. Yeah, I would say from a personality trait standpoint is communication. I would say from, I guess, a skill set is, is more on the construction side. You know, you can have a construction manager or you can, you know, sort of have a construction guy on your asset management team. I sort of kind of, you know, fit that role. But yeah, I would say, you know, those two. Nice, nice. Well, Juan, thank you so much for coming on the show and adding value on the subject of, you know, what you look for in, in targeting your market and having really good communication within your team. Where can listeners find out more about what you do and about your company? Yeah, sure. They can reach out to me on social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, at the Juan Vargas. And then they can also reach out to me via email. Shoot me an email, Juan at GenWealthCapital.com. I'd be happy to you know, jump on a quick call and, and talk multifamily. Awesome. Awesome. So all of our listeners, thanks for listening in. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, please head over to our website and you can sign up for our newsletter and get our ebook. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hey, everyone. If you like what you hear on my podcast and want to learn more, check out my Amazon best-selling book, Best in Class, How to Manage Your Multifamily Asset, Avoid Mistakes, and Build Wealth Through Real Estate. And if you want to take your learning to a whole nother level, register for my asset management course available on assetmanagementmastery.com. I'll share all the things that we do and many of our resources to help you become a best-in-class operator. Go to assetmanagementmastery.com and step up your game today. Today.